So you're walking around Nordstrom's, you know, you and your friends walking down the aisles in the men's section while your other friends go off to look at shoes or something, I don't know. So you go into the men's section and naturally you're just kind of directed towards the wallets. And you're you're looking at these wallets and every single one of them, or at least almost every single one of them, says RFID protecting. And you start to think about it and you're like, man, I've heard this, this term RFID everywhere these days. RFID protecting, you know, doesn't use RFID or blocks RFID. But what actually is RFID? Well, let's talk about the science behind that. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists, and welcome on back to the Science Behind That podcast. I am your host, Atticus Hamilton. And before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to invite all of you to go grab yourselves a nice hot cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup into it, and we're going to jump right in. You know, I'm sorry if I don't sound all, you know, hyped and excited like I normally try to do. I'm tired, you know, it's like 3 a.m. or something stupid here. Uh, yeah, 0315 minutes there. So, 315, you know, pretty tired. Um, but I'm going to try and keep this episode as interesting as possible for you. So, today, as you heard from the intro, we're going to be talking about RFID. Now, you know, I'm not an engineer. And I'm not a software guy. I, I, I was in a coding class in high school, but um, I just got so bored. I, I got out of that class quick. Sorry for all of my uh, computer science people out there, but I just got so bored. Um, but anyway, I'm, so because of that, I don't do a lot of these t- uh, types of um, episodes on the podcast, but I thought I'd change it up a little bit. And RFID, you know, it's everywhere. It really is. It's everywhere, but there's so little information about it, despite how simple it is. Um, And so that's what we're going to talk about here. Sorry, I had to take a sip of my coffee there. So what is RFID? So RFID uh, stands for Radio Frequency Identification. And... All it is, is it's essentially a way that um, two devices or computers communicate with one another. So I'm sure all of us have heard of NFC. Um, And if you haven't, if you're like, oh my God, what's that? So if you have like a Samsung phone, I don't know if it's on Apple because I don't use Apple, but I have a Samsung. And on Samsung, like if you put two Samsung phones close to one another, you can transfer information between the two of them. So like pictures or music or like video games or something like that. Um, Or like the watches, right? So like the Samsung Galaxy watch, uh, the fitness watch, you can like move it close to an elliptical or something and it will connect um, and it will share information. So NFC stands for Near Field Communication It's very similar, um, but it's a little different. So NFC enables data to be exchanged between devices by using short-range, high-frequency communication. 
And so the big difference is, is you know, RFID is radio frequency, whereas um, NFC is near field communication. So RFID is unidirectional, which really means it can only go one way. You know, you can't send the two devices. They're not really able to send data back and forth to one another at a constant rate. Whereas with NFC, that is what's able to happen. So it's called bi-directional. Of course, uh, RFID has a range of up to around 100 meters and NFC is like 0.2 meters. So there's a lot of little differences here um, that I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I really need to get into that. Um, because today we're mainly going to be talking about RFID if these RFID containing products are a scam, you know, if it's something that you should spend your money on, um, and at the end of the day, further implications of this. So we know what RFID is, right? So how does it work? So basically, um, RFID systems are made up of three parts. You have an antenna, a transceiver, and a transponder. And so the antenna... Um, and the transceiver kind of work together. And when they're worked together, they're referred to as an interrogator. And what this does is it basically uh, looks for RFID transponders in the environment or tags, right? And so you have fixed RFID readers or interrogators, and you have mobile interrogators. And so um, basically... It's using these radio waves to detect tags in the environment. And those tags, again, are transponders. And when those tags are activated, they'll send back um, a radio wave to the interrogator, and that is going to contain some sort of data. So I think the, the context that almost all of us have heard of RFID is in credit cards, right, and wallets. Uh, you know, you go to Nordstrom and you buy the, 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 I don't know, the Toomey wallet or something, and it says has RFID protection. That's mainly what we know it from. And so that kind of gets us into, there's two different types of RFID or RFID tags. There's active and passive. And so an active tag is a tag that is powered, um, and a passive tag is a tag that is not directly powered. It's powered by the interrogator. So when you have an interrogator that's sending out this radio wave to the tag, it's also sending out electrical current, which will power up that tag and allow that tag to send data back. So how does this work with you know credit cards, for example? Certain credit cards that are RFID capable... Um, are, are passive tags. So the car, the credit card is the tag, and then like the credit card kiosk reader or whatever in the grocery store, that's your interrogator. And so when you tap that card to that reader, the interrogator sends out that signal, it activates the tag in the credit card, and then the data that's being sent from the credit card is the credit card number, the name, uh, date, and of course security codes and anything else. Um, and, and so there's a lot of different applications of it. Um, and, you know, then you get down into low-frequency RFID systems. 
high frequency RFID systems, ultra high frequency and microwave. And so low frequency obviously have the shortest range of a few inches to less than, to less than six feet to microwave RFID systems, which run at around uh, 2.45 gigahertz. And that can be read up to 100 meters away. Now, really the ones that apply to credit cards are the low frequency RFID systems. There's really no, I can't think of an example of a credit card that uses anything more than that. Other examples will be like your, you know, I think they're selling like now RFID dog tags. I don't know if, if any of you know that, I think they are. Uh, send me an email at thesciencebt at gmail.com. You can also hit me up there if you have any suggestions, comments, or, or really anything about the show. Send me an email there, and who knows, maybe we'll turn your comments into an episode. Um, you know, other things like inventory management. I used to work at um, Mayo Clinic, and at Mayo Clinic... Um, they had these little RFID tags on their shelves, right, where you got supplies from. They called them buttons, you know, whatever. I thought that was kind of silly, but they're just little RFID tags. And they had an interrogator that you'd take off a rack and you'd stick it to the tag. And then that would register with their um, their online stocking system, you know, how many of X product are left. And so other things like that. Uh, vehicle tracking, customer service, security stations. Um, for those of you that live in places that charge tolls on highways, there's a thing called like Easy Pass. At least that's what it was called in Colorado. That's a, a longer range RFID scanner, which is actually kind of cool. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. So I think... Before um, we can really get into, um, you know, why would you buy a um, RFID wallet, we have to first talk about why should you be concerned about it in the first place. You know, how can a thief steal your credit card information? Well, in theory, somebody could walk past a victim, right? So a thief could walk past a victim with a special handheld RFID interrogator. Um, in fact, I can actually buy one on Amazon here. Um, they're little handheld uh, RFID scanners, and they're kind of cool because they can pick up on RFID signals in the environment and tell you what sort of information they're broadcasting. So those are really easily accessible. But ultimately, a thief would walk past you use a scanner and could theoretically uh, take the credit card number, name on the card, expiration date, and security code, etc. from that card because the card would be activated by the interrogator and it would think, oh, I'm making a purchase. Let's send that information out there. So in theory, that's how it would work. And this process is called RFID skimming. Um, but... The, the the question that arises from this is, you know, oh my God, you know, Atticus just said that he could get one on Amazon. It must mean that everybody's doing it. In all honesty, in, in reality, 
the number of uh, RFID skimming, successful RFID skimming attempts are very, very small. And there's kind of three reasons for this. Number one is that most credit card chips are not actually RFID capable. And what this means is that you know, they they don't transfer information without the chip being inserted into the card. However, or in, into the card reader. However, I think these days, almost 90, if not 90%, like, you know, 80% of all credit cards these days have a tap and pay option. I know mine do. I'm pretty sure most of them do. And that is RFID. So, um... You know, that's that's where you have to ask the question. If your card doesn't have that tap and pay option where it needs to be inserted into a card reader, you really don't have anything to worry about because it's not going to be broadcasting any signals. But if you do have that tap and pay option with your credit card, then that can be problematic. And there have been studies that have shown that um, a hacked Android phone in close proximity to an RFID card can actually um, take that credit card information off that broadcasting card if it's not protected. However, this leads us into number two, which is contactless credit cards are generally encrypted. And so... um, the information here is going to undergo the same sort of encryption as you would have during an online shopping event. And this is, as far as I know, unless this has changed, uh, it's called semi-prime encryption, where in a very, in a very brief sense, um, when you make a payment, the, um, the, 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 the banking service or whoever you're making the payment with is going to multiply your credit card number by a certain prime number and that creates a semi-prime and that is unbreakable with either without a quantum computer or without the number that was multiplied by that credit card number and this is also done for the date and the security code that way it sort of encrypts it i'm sure that there's more advanced ways out there okay again i'm trying to keep this simple because uh you know, I'm not a uh, com- software engineer. Um, but ultimately, most uh, tap-and-pay credit cards are encrypted. And the third is that RFID skimming is going to be a very time-consuming process, and it is going to be a headache for a potential thief or for a thief trying to do it. They have to buy the RFID reader, right? That can do it. And those are going to at least start at $100. More likely, the, the good ones will go up to like $200 to $1,000 around that range. Big range. Um, A, B, they'll have to get close to their victim. And C, if the card is encrypted it's going to be useless. So it's kind of going to be, you know, a a bit of a 50-50 guess there for that thief on whether or not they're actually going to be able to read the data that that card sends if the card sends. So 
at the end of the day, it'd make more sense for the thief to send out an email that says, you know, hello, I'm a prince from Namibia, send me your credit card information so I can give you my fortune, you know, phishing emails, uh, and, and that sort of thing. So ultimately then, how do RFID blockers work? Really, really simple. All RFID blockers do is they're built with generally highly conductive metals, so like copper or um, other metals like that, copper, uh, iron, those sorts of things that essentially block any radio waves from penetrating and activating that tag in your uh, touch and pay card. Um, And that's it. That's how they work. So I know my wallet uh, has RFID blocking in there. Um, And I think most wallets these days have RFID blocking. But ultimately, that's how it works. Um, So, uh, yeah, that's how it works. So, at the end of the day, is it worth it? You know, why not? An An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? Um, but I mean, I think ultimately the, the, the thing should be, you have to look at what stuff you have, you know, are you a person who has the whole touch and pay stuff? Because if you do, then yeah, I guess go and, uh, make sure your wallet or whatever you're carrying your cards in have RFID protection. Um, but if you don't do that, then there's literally no reason to, uh, get a wallet or make sure that your wallet has RFID protection. And at this point, I think the price between non-RFID wallets and RFID protecting wallets is pretty much the same. So are they worth it? Eh, you know, if if you're a person who carries cards that would benefit from protection, potentially, but at the end of the day, the other thing too is, is it a guarantee that if you don't have an RFID protecting wallet, your information is going to get stolen? No. And in fact, it's pretty rare uh, or it'd be pretty unlikely that that would uh, be the case. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, this was a fun episode for me to make. I've missed doing the computer science, the software episodes. I haven't done one in a very long time. Uh, I will see you guys all on Monday. Have a fantastic Friday. Protect your your wallets and uh, I'll see you all on Monday. Remember, stand up and question everything.